Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Friday, November 18th. On this date in 1978, a horrible tragedy. U.S. Representative Leo Ryan of California and four others were shot dead on an airstrip in Jonestown, Guyana. Members of the People's Temple fired those deadly shots. The killings were followed by a night of mass murder and suicide that left more than 900 cult members dead. On this date in 1963, the Bell System introduced a new revolutionary way to call friends and neighbors. Can you guess what that invention was? I'll have the answer coming up. But first, let's go to the Live 5 First Alert Weather Desk for your weekend forecast. All right, good Friday morning to you. Meteorologist Joey Silvat here. Some of you starting out with frost out there this morning. We'll see that cold start give way to a cool mid-morning and then an afternoon where temperatures don't climb to where they normally do this time of the year. Average highs close to 70 will be in the mid to upper 50s this afternoon. But sunshine start to finish today. We'll cool back down very quickly this evening. So if you headed out on your Friday evening out to dinner tonight, make sure you do take the coats with you. Down to 35 tomorrow morning, 60 on Saturday, 56 on Sunday. So staying cool, we will see some clouds late Saturday and some of those will stick around into Sunday, but we do expect to stay dry and a little bit of a warming trend as we head into our Thanksgiving week. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast from the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Morning Y'all is sponsored by MUSC Health. Join a team that's changing what's possible. MUSC Health is hiring for all locations and various positions, including radiology, path and lab, maintenance, and a number of other professions. Find out more about the competitive pay rates and benefits or review a more comprehensive list of current openings at muschealth.org slash careers. MUSC Health, changing what's possible. And here's a look at your news headlines for this Friday. Charleston's annual holiday market is back and bigger than it's been in years. Always a fun event and event coordinators tell us that the show is packed wall to wall with more than 200 holiday exhibitors. Our Molly McBride joins us live from the venue this morning. Molly, tell us more about what's going on there. I'm sure it's lots of fun. Yeah. Good morning, ladies. I'm here in the Charleston Coliseum Convention Center where the holiday market is being held. It starts today at 10 o'clock and will be here all weekend. I spoke to Carly Gilmore, the director of marketing for the holiday market, who tells me the market is filled with original crafts and art, holiday decorations and accessories, gourmet food and drinks and more. She says you'll be sure to get into the holiday spirit with their giant Christmas tree and a visit from Santa himself. The event features exhibitors from more than 15 states and Gilmore says this show is the only time shoppers can see this specific group of vendors. According to Gilmore, for about 80% of vendors, this event is their only exposure to Charleston, meaning unique, unique gifting opportunities for the shopper and great business exposure for the vendors. Whether you're two years old or 82 years old, we have something that's going to interest you, something that you'll love, something that you may think of for your friends or family for the holidays. And this is our biggest show since, I think, 2018. She says the pandemic did a number on the events industry, and they're really excited to welcome the community back. Again, the market is here at the North Charleston Coliseum Convention Center today, 
tomorrow and Sunday. Tickets will be sold at the door and online. For that link to buy tickets, you can head over to live5news.com. And I'll be back in a little bit. I'll be chatting to a vendor, so don't go anywhere. Reporting live in North Charleston, I'm Molly McBride, Live 5 News. Thanks, Molly. We'll see you in a bit. Well, Christmas may still be month away, but families across the low country are gearing up for Thanksgiving dinner next week. If you haven't snagged a bird yet for the table, you are in luck. The ninth annual turkey giveaway put on by radio host Charlemagne the God is set for tomorrow. It'll be at Berkeley High School in the student parking lot. That's on West Main Street in Monk's Corner. The giveaway kicks off at 10 a.m. and will go until supplies run out. There is a limit of one turkey per household. And if you can't make that one, there's plenty of other chances to get a turkey this weekend. Chief Meteorologist Bill Walsh and people from our radio partners at Weasel, they're going to be out and about at Cruise Chevrolet tomorrow starting at noon. They're going to be giving away around 100 turkeys. There are several other organizations having turkey giveaways that are happening today through Monday the 21st. We do have a full list of those giveaways on our website at live5news.com. South Carolina has more open teaching jobs right now than ever before. That's according to a new statewide report, which has teachers saying something has got to give. The number of educator vacancies has risen nearly 40% over the last year. The number of open jobs at the start of this school year is more than double what it was just two years ago. Schools did report making about 8,000 new hires this year. One notable finding is that there are now at least 500 fewer total educator positions across the state compared to last year. In response to this report, the State Department of Education says it continues to support efforts to increase teacher pay and make it easier for retired teachers to return to the classroom. Well, the deadline to apply for rent and utility assistance is approaching. SC Housing says because of the success of the SC Stay Plus program, the organization will stop taking new applications December the 16th. Now, the program helps impacted households get back on track by providing up to 12 months of rental and utility assistance. That help dates back to March 13th of 2020. It also provides up to three months of future rent to help stabilize those facing housing insecurity. Other assistance might include moving expenses, motel stays, and security deposits. SC Stay Plus has helped right around 90,000 South Carolinians with more than $267 million in assistance in 39 counties. Today is the last day for you to share your opinion on proposed safety improvements to a section of U.S. 17 alternate. According to the South Carolina Department of Transportation's website, the improvements along North Main Street include installing new signage, signals, and pedestrian crosswalks. SCDOT says the purpose of this project is to improve safety at various intersections along US 17A for both pedestrians and drivers. You can submit your comments in a few different ways. You can submit them online at the project website. You can mail comments to Sean Sally, SCDOT project manager. That address is there at your, on your screen. Or you can email your comments to sallyse at scdot.org. You can find all these links on our website at live5news.com. Officials expect construction to begin in the summer of 2024. Well, the Biden administration is moving forward with new guidance for student debt relief. The relief plan is currently blocked by an appeals court and lower court saying it's a, quote, unconstitutional exercise of Congress's legislative power. Amy Kiley reports on why Republicans are outraged with the new guidance. You just destroyed the entire ethic 
of responsibility. Republicans are outraged. President Joe Biden is doubling down on student debt relief. Their main gripe appears to be the cost to taxpayers for this. If you earn less than $125,000 a year, you'll get up to $10,000 knocked off your student debt. The Justice Department said in this filing yesterday it would ask the U.S. Supreme Court to reinstate that forgiveness plan. An appeals court and lower court have both blocked it for now. Not surprisingly, President Biden's attempt to circumvent Congress and implement student loan socialism on his own has created some legal trouble. The administration also is making it easier for people to discharge student debt in bankruptcy. The Justice Department released new guidance yesterday. It helps borrowers argue their payments meet the standard of undue hardship. Meanwhile, federal student loan payments are optional for now as part of Biden's pandemic relief. They're planning to extend student loan socialism anyway by extending the endless moratorium on payments. The White House says loan payments will become mandatory again in January. Stop writing blank checks. I'm Amy Kiley, Live 5 News. Undocumented students in Arizona can no longer be denied in-state tuition at public colleges and universities. Last week, voters in the state passed Proposition 308. It effectively reverses Proposition 300, which passed back in 2006. That law prohibited undocumented students from receiving in-state tuition rates or state-funded financial aid. Proposition 308 passed by less than 60,000 votes. 19 other states allow undocumented students to receive in-state tuition rates, including Texas and Florida. Well, here in our state, Trident Technical College has announced it will extend its tuition-free initiative for another academic year. The program will now run through the spring of 2024 semester. The school's president says the program helps connect people with the skills needed for demand jobs in our area. In order to be eligible for that free tuition, current and future students will need to complete the free application for federal student aid or FAFSA. For more information about the program, you can head to live5news.com. Alec Murdoch and his team have officially filed his alibi, claiming where he was at the time of his wife and son's deaths last year. Yeah, the new filing comes roughly two months before the expected murder trial for Murdoch, who's accused of killing Maggie and Paul Murdoch in June of 2021. The filing claims Murdoch left the Moselle property on June 7th, just before 9 p.m., to go visit his mother in Barnville and says Maggie and Paul were both alive when he left. The document says Murdoch spoke on the phone with several people on the way there including his son Buster, his brother, and his sister-in-law. Now, Murdoch's lawyers say in the filing he arrived at his mother's home around 9.20, visited her and nurse's aide, and left around 9.45, getting back to the Moselle property around 10 p.m. Murdoch claims he found Maggie and Paul shot to death around 10.05. Murdoch's trial is set to begin on January 23rd. A Merle's Inlet man is uh, behind bars after a months-long child exploitation investigation. 51-year-old Stephen Bradley, he's charged with sexual exploitation of a minor in the second degree. Now, the Georgetown County Sheriff's Office and SWAT team executed that search warrant on Bradley's Merle's Inlet uh, residence yesterday. During the search, deputies say multiple computers and electronic devices were taken. In them, more than 3,100 images and videos depicting minors engaged and sexual activity. Bradley was arrested and booked in the Georgetown County Detention Center and a bond has not been set. The Beaufort County Sheriff's Office says human skeletal remains were recovered in an area of Bluffton on Monday. 
Deputies, along with the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources and the Beaufort County Coroner's Office, recovered the remains in the Victoria Bluff Heritage Preserve. The Sheriff's Office says they don't know the cause and manner of death yet. The Coroner's Office has not yet identified the victim. Well, we're going to check back in with Molly. She's at the Charleston Coliseum Convention Center where Charleston's annual holiday market is getting ready to kick off. Well, you can buy some gifts out there. Absolutely. Yeah. That all starts at 10 a.m. this morning and runs through Sunday. Event coordinators tell us they have more than 200 vendors this wow. year. Molly, you've been sending us pictures of some of the stuff there, so tell us what you're seeing. Katie, as you can see behind me, this is filled with arts, crafts, holiday decorations, gourmet food and drinks, and so much more. I'm here with Tammy Gilmore, the director of this amazing market. Tammy, tell me, how long has this market been going strong? This is our 24th year in Charleston. We are so excited to be back and, and start the holidays. Wow, that's amazing, Tammy. Yeah. So how long have you been with the market yourself? Um, well, I've been here all 24 years. I've been with our company for 40 years, so it's it's been a while. Okay, and tell me what your favorite your favorite item is that you can get here. There's so many options, so I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Well, I will say I love I love the great foods. We have some uh, candy exhibitor here who has like um, chocolate covered apples and chocolate covered bacon and things like that. But also to buy things for my grandkids, things I can get here. There's a lady here that sells um, t-shirts and sweatshirts and tote bags that say like somebody special calls me and you can put your grandma name on it. So mine is somebody special calls me sassy. <laughs> That's awesome. So custom designed you're Absolutely. saying. Absolutely. Okay. And my last question for you is what is your message to people that are coming here or just any general advice or last things you want to say? Well, this is a great way to kick off the holidays and get, get in the spirit. So it's feeling a little bit like Christmas outside. It's definitely feeling like Christmas inside. So you come here, there are things here you can check off on your list for things that you want to buy for people. And you're going to find things you didn't even know you wanted for yourself or for your friends. That sounds a little bit dangerous, Tammy. <laughs> It's a good danger. Good danger, she says. Well, thank you so much for coming back to us. Check back in in a little. We're going to speak to some more vendors reporting live in North Charleston. I'm Molly McBride, Live 5 News. All right. Thanks so much, Molly. Well, the original proposed plan for Ondal Park will remain as is after the Charleston County Finance Committee's recent decision to halt uh, put those new additions. Now, that decision was made in part due to pushback from people who live in the area. Anna Harris spoke with residents last night to see uh, what they think about the change. People that live across from Allwindal Park do not want this park to be used for concerts and other recreational activities because of a possible increase in traffic, noise, and overall crime. The county's decision to not push this motion to council put a pause on this development, but that does not mean it will never happen. Allwindal Park's original plan of a passive park will include activities like walking trails, kayaking, and more. Dickie Schwears, Charleston County Councilman, says this park was supposed to be fully funded by dirt mining projects by Jackson Development Group, which is owned by former chairman Elliot Summy. The town of Allwindal is currently in a lawsuit against its contractor for not completing this. Now, the county's Greenbelt Advisory Board proposed an amendment to the committee to turn this park active with an amphitheater, frisbee golf, and more. Some residents, however, say making it an active park would bring economic growth, recreational activities, 
and family gatherings. The county's finance committee decided not to approve or deny this amendment, stopping it from going to county council. This means the park will remain passive and not active. Schweer says the committee was not convinced that the active elements should be implemented without the construction of the passive park even starting. We all want the park, we want it to succeed, but let's take that first step now and let's make it a, a passive park as it was originally intended. Schreer says the town of Allendahl will decide when this construction will happen, and he says it will likely depend on the results of this lawsuit. As far as for the people that live there, Freeman says they will stay tuned to see if this will turn to any committee agendas in the future. In North Charleston, Anna Harris, Live 5 News. The Regional Medical Center in Orangeburg has received a special designation that aims to better help survivors of sexual assault in the state. The center now has a level two sexual assault forensic ex excellence or safe designation. According to hospital leaders, it's the fifth hospital system in the state to receive that classification. Level two safe designation means the hospital can see adolescent sexual assault victims who are about 12 or 13 and older as well as adults. A member of the South Carolina Victim Assistance Network says the last thing we want is for victims to go and then be turned away or for evidence to be lost. The Regional Medical Center's new safe designation comes after four of the nurses in the emergency department earned their sexual assault nurse examiner or SANE certificates. At the top of the show, I mentioned the big invention that was a big deal back in 1963. The Bell System introduced an option that changed how people called loved ones. This was the date 59 years ago that Ma Bell introduced the first commercial touch-tone telephone. No more dials that seem to take forever to spin your way through a telephone number. Celebrating some birthdays today, actress Linda Evans of Dynasty turns 80. Actor Jameson Parker from Simon & Simon fame is 75. Comedian Kevin Nealon is 69. And actor Owen Wilson is 54. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Morning Y'all, powered by Live 5 News. I hope you have a great weekend. I'll talk to you Monday. Thanks for listening to Morning Y'all, produced every weekday morning and sponsored by MUSC Health. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or listen anytime at live5news.com slash podcasts. And download the free Live 5 News app for your mobile device for the latest local news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.